0: As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hi, everyone. We are excited today to go live once again and not only bring to you kind of a unique interview because we have multiple people on the screen, but really an opportunity to talk about how with challenges that many of us have been hit with in 2020, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been many of the injustice that has been really discussed and in many cases um, been eye-opening for some individuals, while for other of us, we are really just excited that we're having this discussion. What I'd love to do is have interviews and have discussions about how we, as either entrepreneurs, as business owners, as leaders, as members of our community, how are we rising up and making change? How are we really working in our communities, but not just in our communities. And what I think is a good example of today's interview is how we're collaborating, how we're kind of working together to bring this change about. So I'm really excited to have our guests today, Gabrielle and Tini, to talk about the collaboration and the work that they've been doing together, and also just talk in general about some topics that are just near and dear to not only their hearts, but to my heart about how important it is for many of us to speak up and act on the things that we believe in. So first, let me just thank my guests. Thank you so much for being here today with us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And then I think let's give everyone a little bit of background. Let's give everyone a little bit of a sense of the work that you're currently doing. So we we mentioned kind of before we jumped into this call um, how you've had some history together and known each other for years. And then when all of this happened with COVID and so forth that you really kind of um, joined forces and started to work. So Either one can can jump in or chime at this point, but let's give everyone a little bit of background on your history and the work that you're doing right now. You want to start, Cheney?
1: I would love that. So, um, Gabrielle and I met. I actually um, worked for her uh, many years ago. At the time, she was out of the the experimental station on 63rd Street. Um, I owned a small pastry farmers market company um, with my partner, and um, I we just you know sold, collided and um it was my first experience working in sort of a raw at that time it was entirely uh, entirely raw and vegan um environment and so i learned a lot um, i ended up saying i think a little over a year and then our um projects started to grow um and get larger so i'm actually from the very very far north side um so i'm like on the absolute opposite side of the city so i guess now what about two months ago we had stayed in touch, but entrepreneurship, you know, it comes in waves and like we were just hustling and working and working and working. And so we'd touch base here and there, but it'd been a while. And then I think she just popped into my mind and I was like, what are we going to do about COVID? Cause like hospital meals are great and other meals for, you know, healthcare workers is great, but like, it doesn't seem, it's not enough. Like, so what are we going to do? So I called her up. And I think what we talked for like two hours that day, and then it was just sort of like into the flow of it. So Gabrielle, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what we've been
2: doing, but... Yeah, so that is all true. Um, And the type of relationship that Tini and I have, we're very similar people. So it didn't take long for us to decide that we were just going to start feeding people. But we chose not to make meals because that's a one-meal situation or it's a um, one-day situation. And because we have restaurants... Um, We decided that we would do produce boxes instead, and we would pack those boxes full enough to do anywhere from two to four meals, depending on the size of your family, um, from produce to canned and dried goods and what have you. And we just kind of just put it together. I I would say scarily enough with as much as we've gotten done, there wasn't that much thought. It was just like, okay, let's just go you know, but that's kind of the entrepreneur way is that you're right. You're constantly shifting Mm -hmm. you don't really have that much time to plan it and, um, you can refine it over time. So we just wanted to get started. And so we just committed our money to doing it this way. Um, it wasn't like, let's raise all this money and then let's do this thing. We just decided to do it and we have been able to get help from other people, um, you know, in small and larger ways. And so we did not serve any of the food, actually. We didn't do the boxes in either one of our immediate communities um, based on the demographic and not because there's not any need, but the need would be smaller. So we went to an area that we knew was really hard hit and um, partnered up with a health clinic so that we could have a population of people for sure. And we did our our first 500 boxes. And that's kind of our thing is we pack it up, put it in a U-Haul and open up the back and
0: get it out. I love, I love this make it happen type of approach because um, I think a lot of times people are planning and planning and planning to do something and they're not always getting out there and actually doing it. So walk me through just timeline when you started to think about doing this and then when you did your first box deliveries. Walk me through what that timeline is. Um, I
2: think it was seven days. Like I think it was literally a week. Like wow. we made the decision. I said, okay. <laughs> "I have a friend who has a health clinic in Harvey, Illinois, and um, which has a lot of economic challenges." Um, I think it is te- now for sure it's a food desert after the um, protests and rioting and some looting and what have you. Mm-hmm. And I just called and said we want to do this, and they were like, "Great!" And I, I mean, I don't even know if it was a full week. I really don't know. Um, we did it that fast and that was it.
1: I can't remember the, I can't even remember the day I called you. I mean, COVID time is like weird. You know what I mean? It's like, I literally can't remember the time before we did the boxes now, to be honest. I'm like, wait, we weren't giving huge amounts of food away, but we did, we kind of flew it together. And the first time, right. Like to that point. Where again, in a restaurant, like you make it happen because at the end of the day, people have to get fed. So sometimes, like half your kitchen's like shut down, or something overflowed, or like someone dropped the fryer, or something like something terrible has happened, and you're just like, great, let's change our aprons, wash our hands, and like get to work. So kind of the first time, like the truck was three hours late, we we yeah. packed there, we didn't pack off site, and we were we did make it happen though, and it, I think that's kind of the thing with restaurants, like you're just so tough that. <laughs> you're just like people got to eat right like you said if they're waiting that means that's a day they didn't eat maybe so yeah. we figured progress over perfection in that moment
2: yeah um, absolutely, absolutely. Makes and
1: sense. we did switch our process
2: you know the mm-hmm. first time we did have a delivery truck come it mm-hmm. was late. it caused a lot of stress um and we're doing this because it needs to be done and we uh, it makes us feel good like if you give freely you will feel better I I don't care who you are. If you just choose to give anything, you're going to feel good when you're doing it out of sincerity. But because we saw what the need was, we were like, oh no, we need a different process because we can't be there for two hours. We can't manage everything on the ground. And so now we have food delivered to my restaurant because it's closer to our end locations. And we bring a team of people in and they pack boxes with us. Sometimes the team is only Christine and a friend while I'm running my restaurant in the front. (laughs) I might do cleanup, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it's not a big operation. It's literally like the two of us and whoever we rope in that day. Wow. Um, and then the second time it was, I think far more successful because we, we packed here, we put everything on a Mm U-Haul and we offloaded over 500 boxes in 57 minutes. And so, um, it's very doable. And I I think that's one of the things that we want people to understand is that it's really, really doable. I mean, we did a lot of back end work, but it was all very controlled and -hmm. we're still dealing with people's food. So you still have to be safe. It's still COVID. It's still, there's, there's all these factors. Um, and so we can control the safety, um, better when at least the packing is happening in one of our locations.
0: Yeah, I think that's smart because then you have that that control. But I also like what you were saying about how you are putting together boxes and not just meals so that people have multiple kind of options and you're getting them, you're getting that substitute for food. Like you said, if you're going to be, if someone's in a food desert, they're getting that substitute, they're getting some of those options. So I think that's really brilliant, um, and amazing that you came up with that solution, um, as well. Now, how often are you doing this? Are you doing it? Just walk me through Is it one every weekend, every other weekend, walk me through what's the, what's the frequency? So it was kind of actually getting ahead of us and we had
2: to, we had to like scale back for a second. Mm -hmm. Um, so like we have one coming up, we were really at like every other, week or every okay. 10 days, something like that. Okay, um, We have not done anything in the last 12 to 14 days. We're doing one next week. Um, and what we're thinking is that it will be a solid every other week. Um, okay. Because remember, in the beginning, all the money was coming from Christine and I, while we're suffering through COVID, while our businesses aren't functioning the same, But we still had to do something. So then it was like, Oh man, we're going to run out of money really fast because it's it's expensive to do. And we're not putting products in that are cheap because we have to be willing to eat what's in the box. So, um, the standard of food has to be that which we would give ourselves or our children. Mm -hmm. It's not cheap, you know? And so, um, we then decided that we would start asking for donations like very gently, Mm -hmm. um, and we had some great response, but we don't really even focus on raising the money. And okay. then we would be asked to do other things like, oh, we're a part of a food giveaway. It could be X, Y, and Z organization. Can you make meals for that? So now we're, okay, now we got to make these meals for this. <laughs> and so you're just kind of pulled in whichever way. Yeah. Um, but I think that um, we'll go to an every other week schedule to see okay. how that works. Okay. And then if we can increase it to every week, we will. We are forming a company is separate from our restaurants to do this work. Oh, uh, yes. And yeah, because it's very time consuming. We are still running our businesses and it takes about 20 hours of prep to be able to move 500 boxes from uh, negotiating a price on a box
1: mm-hmm.
2: to negotiating the price on produce to packing mm-hmm. it to going to pick up the U-Haul. It's, it's a lot of time. Goodness. and. Um, We're not afraid of the time, but we realize we can't just do it ourselves. So we're just going to form a company and we'll hire somebody to help and we'll allow more volunteers in and create a process so -hmm. that we consistently do it. Because the truth of the matter is food insecurity is an issue all of the time. COVID just made it worse and the rioting made it worse. not the rioting, but the looting made it worse. So we're like in a perfect storm right now. And we can't let up. Like nobody can let up. Like you can't let up protesting and you can't let up giving. And you get like, there's nothing that we can (laughs) let up. (laughs) If We want this to be worth anything. We can't give up. Yeah. Right. And so we really had to reorganize ourselves so that it could be sustainable. And so that we can really track how much money we're spending. And is there a better way? Um, speaking for myself and Christine, uh, you might have heard that Chicago is going to open its restaurants again in, on Friday. We are not; neither one of us oh. will dine in in 2020. So then I was like, okay, well, we could use the whole back of my restaurant as storage, so we could buy things by the pallet, which would be cheaper than buying things by the case. Okay, Just to be able to keep keep doing the work. So it's yeah. it's a whole. I don't yeah. think we started this as a business. We didn't start this for a business, but it certainly but this is how
1: it goes with us. We're like, right. let's start 12 businesses. Let's start another <laughs> business. We knew every time I get on the phone with Gabby or Gabrielle, my partner's like, well, I'm going to see you in two hours. I'm like pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. That's about, yep. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah.
0: but I love it. Cause that's where a lot of people were thinking about COVID, like COVID has been devastating in so many ways, but I also love stories like yours because it also, also talks about the good that's coming out of it, the ideas that are coming out of it, the, like you're saying, the help that not only is needed, but individuals like yourself not only rise into the occasion, but turning this into something that's sustainable. I mean, I love hearing that you're saying, okay, how are we going to work on costs? How do we wrap a business around this? I mean, all of those things are such big questions that sometimes when we're in that like help mode, we forget to think about the sustainability of the project. We forget to think about, hey, we do have other businesses and we have this, how are we going to get all of this to work together in harmony? So I'm really excited to hear that because I'm hoping some of the people that are maybe listening today, that they make sure that they're keeping that in mind so that their good work will last and live on and really can become something that communities can really um, count on.
2: Yeah, it's critical. Mm -hmm. I mean, because even when when they tell us COVID is no more, which it's always going to be, food insecurity is still a thing. Absolutely. And, um, now that we've had another crisis in, in looting, Mm -hmm. some places are never going to rebuild or it's going to take 15, 20 years to rebuild. So what's going to happen in the meantime? Um, you can't, people are not going to bus routes. Don't even all run the same anymore. So how how, how do people eat? Yeah. Had people. And then we started doing this, and then all of a sudden, people were coming up to us like, Do you have diapers for uh, size four? Oh. <laughs> oh, no. Like, no. 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 Think of we that. Yes. And if you know what we will learn about Christine and I, will be like, Oh, damn, we better buy a couple cases of diapers just in case. Because <laughs> we can't stop ourselves. We just can't stop ourselves. You know, it's mm-hmm. like if you drive past somebody okay. right, that can sit on a shelf or fresh fruit that's being eaten right away or what have you. So each box we know will at least make one or two meals and give you leftover stuff. That's nice. That's big.
0: Yeah. Because if you can make the meal, because that's, that's been the challenge for a lot of people when COVID initially hit is if they didn't have food in the kitchen, they struggled with trying to actually make a meal. So I think that's really important that you're not only saying, okay, I get it. I want to I fill this box, but I want to fill it with something that if you have pasta, you have sauce, tomatoes, you have something that goes with it that complements mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, so once yeah. again, yeah. we're back into that. It can be utilized. It can be leveraged. It really can be something that people mm-hmm. can use. So you're putting yourself kind of, you know, in 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 an in individual shoe of if I received the box, how would I, how would I make a meal? So right. um, I really love that. And, your- and,
1: and, and- oh, I'm sorry. No, good. Yeah. I think the thing too is just um, you know like the quality like what um, what Gabrielle was saying in terms of like I think so often people are used to getting part of my language like the shit end of the stick like oh I'm just gonna take whatever is given to me and I guess I'm gonna be okay with it and that is I think antithetical to the mission and vision of both of our companies and how we run and the the reality is like everyone deserves to eat good food that I believe that's a human right it's not a privilege unfortunately right now in our current world it's a privilege but. The human right is to be able to eat fresh food that was grown, right? and has nutrients. So I think for us, we are focusing on like, what's the dignity inside this box? It's not just a take what you can get. It's like, again, this giving of this quality that we would, we would not hesitate to eat ourselves, which I think is a big thing.
0: I love that the dignity inside this box. I hadn't heard someone say that before. I really love that idea because yeah, it, it, it frustrates me as well when the idea is like this is the stuff that this group doesn't want, so we're just going to give it. Um, yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be giving yeah. no. something that we don't believe is valuable, something that we wouldn't be eating. So I love the fact that um, that you're 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 looking at things through that lens, um, and also giving individuals that experience um, and understanding that they're valued. Um, and the food that they're given the service that you're providing, that you're providing it because you value them and want them to have that same experience that, that, um, that many of us that are maybe not living in food deserts experience as well. So it's like, you know, I mean, it's passing on the experience, not just the food. And to me, that's, that's a little bit different twist than sometimes you hear from organizations that are just, you know, all about um, quantity.
2: Yeah. And you can still do this
0: and have quantity right? You, know, you said 500 boxes. I was a little blown away at first. I was like, Whoa, that's yeah. a lot of boxes. It, it is a lot of
2: boxes and it's so doable. I think like every interview that I personally have, I'm like, Hey, it's not that hard. It's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, Tini and I have both said to people, we will show you how to do this. Like it, it's, not about that. Us, it's not about us doing it and us getting credit. We actually normally don't talk about what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, just people have been starting to pick up what we do, and that's how we end up on your show, right? We, we, don't, we didn't even put our names in the boxes. We didn't need anybody to know who we were, what we're doing, because not only does there need to be dignity in the box, there needs to be dignity in the service. Yeah. And some people exploit people that are in need. Yeah. Uh, we did try and do a giveaway in my community, which has an interesting demographic, um and there are, there is definitely need here what i was wondering is if people in the community would come out to get boxes because of where we live not everybody's going to say that they need yeah not everybody wants their neighbor to see that they need and so then you also have to try and figure out how do you help that population of people that didn't need before but now need yeah you know and 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 how do you do it and Almost make it look like somebody's going to the store to pick up a newspaper. I don't know if anybody picks up printed newspapers anymore, but you know, <laughs> I'm showing my age right now. But um, okay. Uh, but so, you know, and on that particular day, we did have to pivot. We threw all the boxes and bags into our cars and just drove to a different location. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was something that I really had to think about, you know, and share with Christine like, there's no way that people don't need here it's just whether they feel like they can let their neighbors know they're in need. Yeah. 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 And that you know and that's because we put so much stigma around need and capitalism and disenfranchisement and all of this stuff. It's it's a it's a big issue. Like these food boxes don't represent just people needing to eat. It's it's we need a
0: overhaul of so many things. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So that's the thing that's been happening in the news is there's so much that's being talked about now and it's not new stuff, right? That's the thing that kind of frustrates me sometimes when I'm reading the headlines because they're posed as if like this happened, like it's the first time we've ever seen this and it's not. And the thing is, I I think people are starting to understand how much has to be rebuilt, how much that is not just a small tweak. Is not just, well, if we re-engineer this just a little bit, it'll be better. There are really systemic problems that we are maintaining. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the thing that's the problem. Um, And that we really have to figure out how do we break those things down? How do we reorganize? How do we start fresh so we can get a completely different result? So you got me all fired up now.
2: Well, I mean, you know, like you say that I'm like, well, there's going to have to be a lot of honesty and I'm not sure that this capitalistic country is ready for that. You know, I, I don't want to be the naysayer. I don't want to be the person that thinks it's not possible. But the age of the country alone, there's yeah. still people in power that put these systems in place. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I believe that we have to weaponize our money. Right. I, that's That's my thing. You just weaponize your money. Just yes. weaponize your money because we are capitalists also. We might be a bunch of other things, too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. we are capitalists. So if we weaponize our money, uh, we could see a lot change really quickly because you're going to just bankrupt companies. They're just going to shut down or they're going to have to get in line. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so where even when uh, Tini and I are putting these boxes together, we're really conscious about who we're buying from
1: because
2: mm-hmm. – um, I don't personally know, and, and we're in Chicago, right? So mm-hmm. we don't have a long growing season here. Otherwise we could use a lot of urban farms for things, but we have a small growing season. When we started this, things were in all in bloom, right? Mm-hmm. We plan to shift to using urban farms once everything's in bloom and we can incorporate them into our model. But um, I myself had to stop using one of my suppliers because in my opinion, they did not donate enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Not for the business that I gave them. So I don't use them anymore. And so what I how I weaponize my money, not only personally, but through my business is if you are unwilling to get on board with this mission of helping food injustice, or I guess the new term now is food apartheid, um, Mm -hmm. you can't have any of my money. And so if that means I have to get in my car and drive up 20, 30 miles away to pick up something that I used to be able to get from somebody else, that's what I do. I just drive and go pick it up from another small business. Um, it's that critical. And I told them why
0: I was leaving. And they could have. I'm glad it. you told them. I don't want to cut you off, but I'm glad you told them because I think sometimes we don't communicate it so people don't always know. Oh, still, I, I tell everybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they, let, they know. <laughs> okay. They might not like it, but you're never going to have to guess how I feel.
0: And that's um, important. Yeah. They don't have to like it, but they, yeah. they just have to know and they have to understand because that's one of the things that I think makes me a little frustrated about what's going on right now is people are like, oh, I didn't know. I'm just realizing these are issues. And I think some of that is many of us just weren't making people accountable. We're saying, hey, this is why I don't support. This is why I believe this is what I'm doing. And I think the more and more we hold people accountable, me included, um, Mm -hmm. the more we can get the change because we're not, you know, we're not shielding them from their truth, from the truth. But
2: you know, it's hard in fairness is it's hard for disenfranchised populations to hold companies accountable um, for so many different reasons. So those of us that might be on the fringe or that are also technically a, disenfranch- a disenfranchised population. Um, we have to speak almost twice as much for people that really have no voice. And then we have to know who our allies are and they have to speak. And I think that's what we're seeing now um, globally. I think that's what we're seeing now Um there's some really incredible stuff happening right now. And people are coming out of the woodwork that you've never seen come out of the woodwork before. Some of that I'm suspect about, I'm going to be honest. I'm suspect about some, some of the people I'm seeing in some of these marches, but, uh, (laughs) but okay. We also, we also have to, I I got asked by a great friend of mine and she said, well, when do we, when do we get to let them participate? Mm. I thought that was a great question because, um, Somebody who wasn't an ally yesterday does not mean they're not an ally today. Everybody has light bulb moments, mm-hmm. right? I'm still going to look at you and watch you for a little while because that's just my nature, right? But, you know, I think one of the reasons why Christine and I work so well together is like we we have this same type of energy and the same type of flow. And if you put more people in a room, or on a street, or on a block, or in a restaurant, or in a store that has that same collective energy, things will just shift. We can't control energy; yeah. it moves, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I was so happy that my friend posed that question uh, because it made me have to sit back and think about it and um, and and how we identify who allies are in every fight that, and every struggle, and every change that we want.
0: Absolutely. You know? yeah.
2: It's like some people are going to have to step up and some of us are going to have to let our guard down.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And we're going to have to have even some personal conversations with ourselves, because yeah. even for me, I have to sit down and say, well, what am I willing to do? Where, what is my role? You know, mm-hmm. because even like someone who's black, it's easy to say, well, I'm black and I've been dealing with these issues all my life. And, you know, you can you can you can even put up the same facade instead of saying, well, wait a minute, what are you doing now? What are your actions? Where are you going to focus? Where are you making change? So I think there's, there's a lot of work to be done just not only individually for everyone, mm-hmm. um, but even for our communities. And like I said, for our new allies or the allies that are potentially, um, you know, turning into allies, um, we have to be open enough to, to allow them to you know, to enter some of these spaces. And then also, some things I struggle with is how much do you allow them to make mistakes? Like, how much do you allow a person to try to jump in and then they just mess up? And then do you help them through that, that, you know, that just mess up? <laughs> I watched,
2: I think it was like an Ellen clip. I can't remember who, who she was talking to on mm-hmm. Instagram. And he was saying, like, he was black. And then there's Ellen, and Ellen's like, "I'm an ally, but I, I, I still don't know everything that I should and shouldn't say. What are my lines?" And he and he said, "Ellen, just call me. I'll <laughs> tell you if you effed up. i <laughs> you <laughs> <laughs> what you did was wrong, why it was wrong, right?" And I think that's the thing is, obviously they have a relationship that allows that. So the yeah. question how do we start to do that with other people? Then I saw a phenomenal. I don't know who this woman is. I saved it on my Instagram. She's mm-hmm. a white therapist and she was saying she put together this whole thing like, hey, every white person is racist and here's why. And they broke it down in a way hmm. that um, said, like, you might not even be aware. Right. Because there's a difference, I think, of and we've gotten like away from food, but it's not really because it's all interconnected. Yeah. Um, it's a difference when somebody is carrying a sign using the N-word or this, that, and the other, right? We can identify that person. Everybody Mm -hmm. can identify that person. But I think what the movement is really about at this point is dealing with white supremacy structures that everybody is affected by. Yes. You see that my choice in my giving partner is a white woman. Christine's been an ally since day one. For so many populations of people, I don't even know if I agree with everything that she agrees with. Because <laughs> this woman, with her money where her mouth is, she's here to support everybody but bad people, right? Mm-hmm. Kinda, yeah. I'm trying not to curse on your interview. I usually curse a lot. I'm <laughs> so good. I'm so proud of myself. Um, But like Christine is a diehard ally. Mm -hmm. For so many people and she will make herself and i'm talking about you like you're not here, but we know you're here Like you will make herself uncomfortable and we can have uncomfortable conversations and that's why That's why somebody's an ally not because everything she does or I does is right It's because if it's not we can talk about it and figure out. Okay. Well, which way do we want to move? Yeah, okay. Well that doesn't work now. We got to look at it this way like Look, you know All skin folk ain't kin folk either, right? So so Mm -hmm. you can't just X everybody out. But I do think that if people aren't talking about taking down white supremacist structures, then racism has, to me, it's like you have a racist thought and then you have racism because there's some power and that power supported by white supremacy. So we just got to get rid of the root and everything else will eventually, maybe take care of itself, right? But at least people will be held accountable because the yes. real issue is that there's no accountability. Yes. You're not going to change people's minds. If, they, if you don't like me because I'm black or you don't like me because of my size or you don't like me because of how much money I have or don't have, I can't change your opinion on that. You're allowed to have your opinions. You're not allowed to hurt people physically yes, based on your opinions. The mental damage is going to be bad enough because yes. it's going to happen. Um, but since we don't have those structures in place to have accountability, whether it's people without eating food, how is it that people in this country starve? I know our government and and we throw away so much food. Like when
0: you were seeing the pictures of food that's being thrown away with COVID was just blowing my mind. Yeah. And
2: certain farmers have contracts and they're paid by the government to grow food. And when that food doesn't sell, they're told to burn the crop. Like what the hell is that? Yeah. Right. And so that, but that is systematic. Yeah. There's a reason for it. And that's where
0: we got to dig deep into that root. Like, and and yeah.
2: those are the structures that I want to see come down. Yeah. Right. I'm not worried about changing my neighbor from liking me because I'm black or I'm not black or I don't really care. Honestly, I don't really care. I've been dealing with my blackness for 46 years. I don't really care anymore, mm-hmm. but I do have children Yeah. and I need to make sure that my two boys can go outside yeah, and come home.
0: Yeah. That's You important.
2: know, and that they can eat and that if they need to walk into a store because they're hungry and they don't have that people won't see them a certain way. Yeah. You know, and that's not, that that's for a lot of people. It's not just owned by us. No, that's true. You know, So it's complex for sure.
0: It is. It is. But I love the work that you're doing because you're making the step. You're putting your thoughts, your feelings into action. You're, making this happen and you're not letting a roadblock or a, oh, you could have done it this way or should have done it this way or what about this. You know, you're not letting things keep you
1: from
0: acting on your beliefs. And that's to me the lesson that I'm hoping a lot of people learn from
1: hearing today.
0: I hope you also inspire people who have restaurants themselves and they thinking about what can I do? How can I do it? Or if they've been sitting there, you know, running in a circle worried maybe today, they're like, you know, let me go do it, or let me give you a call. Let me talk to you and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing something. Would you be willing to talk to people if they were thinking about doing something similar to what you're doing in their, for their restaurants, in their town, in their city? I'm assuming you're
2: I spent a week, what was it, Christine? Like two weeks ago, I spent a week on the phone with like, that's all I did. Oh, wow. That's all I did. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest
0: with you, though. I'm, a, uh, I'm like, well, just do it. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that's what they need to hear. Sometimes, all people need to hear. They don't need do the an hour discussion, you know? And I do
2: think it's important for you to understand who you are and what you're willing to do. Christine and I don't mind. Putting our hands in the soil, taking our shoes off and running down the street to hand somebody a box. We don't really, that's fine for us. Mm-hmm. Not everybody operates that way. So many people were like, well, I want to do it, but I'm not. And you can hear all this, like they're having this whole moment in their head. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time for this because we could be packing boxes, right? So I'm like, well, then just give me a check. Okay. Like I can't, I can't, Thank there, you. I can't walk. This isn't our primary job. Although who knows in a year, it might be our primary job. Who knows? But right now it's not our primary job. So yes, we will talk to people. We will answer questions, but please, you have to decide if it's even what you want to do. If you don't want to be an on-the-grounds person, that's okay because we literally need everybody. We need people to write checks. We need people to say, oh, when I order from this company, I'm going to order five other cases of such and such, and we're just going to send it on over to b or SmackDab, and they'll just put it together in their boxes. There's so many ways to help, and I think what happens is people get stuck trying to help the same way somebody else is helping. And you really just need to help. You need to decide that it's your problem. It's not their problem. Mm -hmm. This population's problem. It's your problem because it's a human issue and you need to figure out how you can help, right? Like that's what you were saying yourself, Stephanie. Like I have to look at what, what am I willing to do? And once you know that, then you move, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Then you move. Some of us are willing to jump off the cliff blind, right? Like that's kind (laughs) of
1: That's kind
2: of, we're kind of cuckoo, right? We just jump off and we'll pull a bunch of people with us if they want to come. Mm -hmm. Other people need to see stuff over and over again. I have somebody from my childhood, like, oh, I want to help. I'm just trying to figure out, well, you live in New York. I'm in Chicago. The only way for you to help me is to write a check. Like, what do you, no, you don't want to help. What you're trying to do is reconcile the fact that you don't want to help. I'm not going to help you with that part. Yeah. You reconcile that on the beach by yourself. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and I, and I don't ha- I don't feel negative about that. What I don't like is you wasting my time because there is somebody who wants to help yeah. that could talk to myself or Christine that we could either help them figure out how to do it, mm-hmm. or you could just write checks, donate. We both have donate tabs on our websites, our restaurant food service pages. And there's so many other people doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just us, but yes, we would talk to people that are ready. Yeah. You know, or they think they're really ready. They just need that little yeah, push yeah,
1: over little the edge. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. we get
2: that, you know, yeah. but if, again, know what your, know your personality, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be honest when, when we get out there with that truck girl and we got 500 boxes in there. Teeny be the one hauling boxes all over the place. I got the camera going. I'm talking to the people. I'm talking to the police. Like, that's my role. Listen, I'm 15 years older than her, I think. Uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. No, I know my role, you know. (laughs) And when both of us are tired, then there's a bunch of young guys that have a dolly that move things around. You know, it's like even down to that level because you can't come home so exhausted that you can't do it again.
1: Yeah. You know,
2: yeah. so uh and we kind of
0: have these unspoken roles, you know, she throws boxes <laughs> around and I just walk around and, you know, make sure it's all, if Nina. it works, it it's works, all it's, <laughs> but,
2: but, <laughs> it, but it's important. It's imagine there were two of me though. What would get done if there were two of her, you know, then there, there would be another piece missing. So it's like, I laugh about it, but it works because it works. And that's why it's important to know who you are and what you're willing
0: to do. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Well, mm-hmm. we only do these at like 20 minute sessions. We are almost at <laughs> a little bit longer than that, over like 40 minutes. So I want to just maybe start wrapping things up. Are there any final words or advice or recommendations you have for anyone who is out there listening, watching, or kind of been hopefully inspired by to get moving um, as they've been listening to us today. Any any final words? And also how they can get in touch with you, like you said, if they need to write that check um, or if they're local and you need some volunteers, anything that you need um, or would like the audience to, to help you with. Jeannie, why don't you go first? Where are you? Oh, there you are. I can't Wait, hear you. Did
2: you turn your mic off, girl?
0: Yep, I think you're...
2: Oh, no, we're not able to hear you. Okay, I can talk for both of us. Okay,
1: <laughs> okay. Um,
0: so, all right. You want to know what? Just I'm sorry because that threw me off. Yeah. Number one, any recommendations for anyone who's in your shoes trying to get started? What you want, yeah. to do? and anyone who, if they're thinking about helping you and they need to write that check, what do they need to do? How do they get in touch okay. with you? Okay, give them that background. So, if you're
2: thinking about getting started, just get started. Don't worry about how many people you're helping. Literally, if you help one person today, you have changed. The world just by helping one person. You don't have to do 500 boxes, 1,000 boxes, 2,000 boxes, 5,000 meals. You just have to do something. So when you see that if there's a problem, or let's say you're somebody who drives and you drive by highways, just keep, just keep some fruit in your car. Keep some bottled water. So the person on the corner, you could just give them that. You have no idea. It's not for us to judge the impact. It's just for us to do, right? So just have that. You know, or you go out, save half your meal. First person you see that is in need, then just give it, and that's that's a start. It doesn't have to be this grand moment. Um, and then for those people that would like to get in touch with us uh, on Instagram, I am bgabsvegankitchen, Vegan Kitchen, and Christine or Teeny is smack dab shy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah on Instagram, and you can DM us through there. We both have websites. Mine is bgabsgoodies.com. On that website, you can um, donate directly on the top page or the top by the whatever the bar is called. I'm not a tech person. Uh, The menu bar or whatever, navigation bar. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You see, like, you don't, you have no idea how (laughs) tech challenged I am. The fact that I could click this link today was impressive. Um, You could donate there. Uh, if it is a larger donation or a donation of goods, you can go to either one of our Instagram pages and you can DM us and we will make arrangements to either have it delivered here or um, to pick it up. And it's it's just, just don't overthink it. Just don't overthink it. Teenie, what is your um, website page? com. There you go. And so for, for both of us, you can donate that way. Um, mm-hmm. And um, it's secure. Perfect.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much. We did have a comment. Someone was, we were talking earlier about making people feel better and getting on that beach. Someone made the comment about, you know, it's not maybe your job to help people sleep better at night. So I just wanted to share that with you because oh, I think Michelle was echoing um, your feelings earlier, but I wanted to say thank you so much for staying with me a little bit longer. Thank you so much for kind of sharing the work that you're doing. And also it was great to just have a dialogue and talk about, How we can all rise up and do things better, how we can all, you know, support people that are trying to become allies, and also how we do have to watch and keep a diligent visual, you know, eye on things to make sure that the right people are entering with the right intentions. But the most important thing is what we do and how we act on what we believe. So thank you so much for
1: joining me today.
0: I really, really appreciate appreciate it. And I look forward to hearing about some more amazing work that you're doing. And also when you, get the business and everything together. It's really, really exciting.
1: It's good bananas. Thank okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. For everyone for watching. All right.